0: and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell, that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we are a show called Solid Steps Radio, and we've been on the air now for going on seven years, and all of our shows have had some types of uh, different storylines that are one of two things, typically, we tell the story that God is writing in somebody's life, or we'll just talk about, you know, principles and things that, that we all need to know as men, because we know as men, we're really good at sports, weather, and politics, but we need to talk about the things of life that really matter the most. And we always find that the people's stories are really the most impactful because people can relate to story, right? So today we're going to talk about a story that if you're waiting for the big reveal, you know what? You may not see a big reveal because a lot of people, I was talking to a guy this morning, he even referenced, he said something about saying, well, your te- my testimony isn't isn't as dramatic as yours, and I, my thought was every testimony is dramatic, because you go from death to life spiritually, and God's writing a story in everybody's life, and that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, you don't, Ted, you don't have to go to jail and, um, uh, you know, have all kinds of huge issues in your life and then get converted. I mean, God is in the God is the is the hound of heaven pursuing us. And so, Gus, uh, welcome to the show. We're gonna hear how God has pursued you, and then uh, we brought in your sidekick, Barry. Barry, Mm. welcome to the show as well. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to have have both of you guys. And um, so, Gus, let's just start out from the very beginning. You uh, were born in Mexico.
2: Yeah, Mexico City. I mean, I I was born in, uh, uh, all my family was actually born there. I had three brothers. Uh, my mom and dad, and uh, about the time that I was five years old, is when we, my my dad decided that he was going to try to improve his opportunities, and uh, he had other family that had been up in the United States, so up in California actually. But then, some of my mom's side of the family was in Chicago, so he tried to make a choice of which place to go to uh, would be better, and uh, he chose Chicago. And and you, uh, so you were born in the Catholic church. I mean,
1: you were baptized as a baby. Um, you had your first communion. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, was it? A, were, were you a very spiritual home or what kind of ho- home would you call it?
2: I wouldn't necessarily say the home itself was spiritual, spiritual. Uh, but we definitely were always going to church and yeah, uh, the Catholic church is kind of a cultural thing anyways in the, in the Mexican culture. So Um, I mean, everybody went to church, like all our, all our friends, all our Hispanic friends and all of my uncles and aunts and everything, regardless of whether they truly believed or not, it was never really a question about whether you went to church or not. Um, so yeah, we, we did that. And, um, it wasn't really until later on that my mom was, I guess, trying to pursue it a little bit further and started getting more involved in the leadership of the church. And, um, my dad started kind of attending as well. So we were... We were hearing about a lot of the the uh, trainings I guess that they would go to and sometimes give themselves as they would gather people to attend this this uh community environment and it was growing I mean it was definitely being just outside of Chicago, the Hispanic culture was growing tremendously, so it w- it really gave them an opportunity to be leaders within our community as well so and then you,
1: as you yeah, go ahead I Jack. was gonna
2: say, but
0: you saw growing up. As we all do, no matter where you, what church you went to, you saw a little bit of something in in the church that really that bugged you. That kind of
2: planted a seed. What was that? Well, honestly, initially I was spiritual. I personally was spiritual. Like I started attending part of the you know the, the student type things and everything. And uh, I, I remember even at one point in my life thinking that one day I might want to be some kind of a, I don't know, a priest, but but something because it was it was really meaningful to me. Um, but as I was growing up and I started seeing a lot of the actual leadership within the church and a lot of people kind of coming and going or falling off, I just started kind of questioning the, the, the real sincerity of everybody that was in the church and kind of the hypocrisy that was kind of going on within the church.
1: Yeah. You mentioned before we even started the show, you know, just as you were sharing your testimony with us, the hypocrisy in the church. And in a, and as we were dialoguing, a friend of ours just chimed in and said, "Yeah, that was that's that's a big deal,"
2: and so that really affected you. Yeah, it was just the, the bottom line is that that people um, weren't always who they pretended to be. So I guess as I was growing up and trying to think about how my life was gonna be, and not not necessarily in a very deep way. I mean, I was still you know a teenager. But uh, regardless, as I was trying to kind of think about where I was going in my life, it was pretty. It was a it was a big deal that I was in. I, I guess one thing that I really should point out is that because of the cultural identity, and I I was never really a clicky type person anyway, so I, I never specifically focused on my, you know, being with my Latin brothers or whatever. <laughs> I, I never did that. So I actually saw a lot of a lot of people develop into bad people, like throughout. the the Hispanic community yes, and doing a bunch of, you know, drugs or whatever, just a bunch of different things. But because of the fact that we were raised kind of within the leadership side of the community, Mm -hmm. we had to kind of represent ourselves as, you know, being in the spotlight, so to speak. So um, I never really had like serious friendships without people outside of my family. It was really my brothers and I. So um, as we started growing up, it, it was just, I could tell that there was a lot of hypocrisy within the community. And I I, I wasn't, I, 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 I don't want to say that I was separating myself from my own culture, but I didn't want to be a fake person, I guess is what I came down to be. Okay.
1: And so and as you are kind of now pulling away from your perspective of God, you, you, you went to college and you got an engineering degree?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I actually ended up going to, uh, well, this in itself was kind of a, a big accomplishment for me because my family didn't have a lot of money or anything. Um, but the, the I never even thought of where I was going to go to university, really, because I wasn't sure if we'd be able to afford it or anything like that. But um, I was definitely going down the science realm, and I was seeking specifically kind of the engineering side of things. And uh, there was an open house to a private engineering school, and it was one of the top 10 engineering schools at the time. So I thought, well, there's like no way that this can happen. But as I attended the open house, I started seeing doors open and opportunities present themselves. So uh, I guess you could almost say that that was part of my beginning of really being full of myself because I started believing that I was doing a lot of these things. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier um,
1: before we even started that you then began to pursue selfish
2: things and pleasure things. So- well. Yeah, I started realizing, especially in college, I started realizing that there were a lot of introverted people there. And I always thought I was an introvert. But but when I went to an engineering school, everybody was introverted. So I I started realizing that that really the people that were kind of at the leadership positions weren't necessarily leaders because they were great leaders. It's because they were just slightly more extroverted than the other ones were. So I saw an opportunity for me to grow myself as well. And I started pursuing that as well and part of it had to do with because of girls actually because i i saw that that there were certain people in that leadership type environment or whatever like student leadership you know that uh just seemed appealing to me it seemed like if i did that then obviously i could achieve more of my my selfish desires so there's always a girl involved (laughs) isn't it (laughs)
1: These women just get in get in the way. Well, so in other words, in
0: college, you started to you sound like you started to drift away a little bit from your spirituality into more of a uh, of a humanism world view. Like you said, hey, you know what? That religion and church is good for you, but you were finding your identity more in college and
2: and career. Is that right? Yeah. Well, really, what I was seeking success. So what I, I guess what I saw was that there wasn't a whole lot of success that I saw from the people that I was growing up with. Mm. So as I started seeing where the success was coming from, I pursued it more and more and more. Um, and I was, I mean, I, th- there were a lot of things that I was seeking, including like life coaching and things, because that school was was very very good at uh, trying to get you to think about uh, just about your your future in in a good way and a success path and like thinking not just about school, but your life and how you're gonna progress and what your purpose of your life is gonna be and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I was seeking life coaching, uh, success coaching. And one of the ironic things is that later on throughout my life, I realized that as I kept seeking that success path, um, I always looked for the, the, the root of those teachings. And as I started seeing some of these success coaches talking about where they got their education from, I kept digging towards them and over time what i ended up realizing is that uh it all kind of comes back to the bible i mean the most powerful book in the world Yeah. so we're going
0: to take a break and come back and so gus is he's uh, if you heard if you didn't hear that i, I heard it was pretty loud and clear he wasn't seeing success in families or in his own private world so he wanted to look elsewhere for success and he was finding it in academia and personal coaching but God is everywhere you go. God's there with you. So we're going to take a break, come back and hear more about how God intervened in Gus's life here on solid steps radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, Ellen and credit union. They're a local lender uh, and bank. And if you need any help with any personal commercial savings, loans, you name it. Ellen and credit union has been around for decades in Louisville and Kentucky and area. You will be very fortunate if you uh, partner with them. They will take care of you for all your financial needs. Vision First Eye Care. I just popped a couple Vision First contacts in this morning. Opened up my new box. And Vision First have been taking care of me for years. And if you need to see better, glasses, contacts, or your overall eye health, Vision First can take care of you. You're more than just a set of eyeballs. You're a person. Then Frank Enterprises. If you are, they are professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater company. If you've got water outside your house, not draining where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of you, all your landscaping needs. So Gus, we came out of the last segment. uh, You were, uh, his story was, boy, he was looking for success in family circles and in his private life and didn't see it, but he was seeing, you were seeing success in college and academics and other things that you were pursuing as far as uh, extracurricular activities. (laughs) Apparently you were just like, hey, the world is my oyster, and you were you were partaking of it, so you were
1: finding success in all those places, right? Well, then, and then, yeah, yeah Gus, uh, you, you got your first job. It came down to Louisville, is that right?
2: Yeah. So uh, actually, th- that was kind of ironic as well because I, I always wanted to live in Chicago, like I, I wanted to move there, and I got a I got a, an interview with with uh, an international, I mean, sorry, a, a, a national company, and uh, it was a very reputable. Company called APA, the Engineered Wood Association, and they they told me that I was going to go to Chicago. That was the the job that I applied for, but ironically, um, like they, they told me they called me and told me that they were they did want me, but they felt that the the Chicago industry the the Chicago market was a little bit too complex, maybe for me coming straight out of college. So they offered me another position, which was down here in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, it was really impressive to me. Except for the fact that they asked me to move to Louisville and I had no idea what, what was down in Louisville. So, uh, <laughs> been here ever since. So, I was a little <laughs> shocked, but, but I accepted it and it was, it was a, a, an awesome job for, I mean, from the friends that I knew in college at the time, uh, the Milwaukee School of Engineering, um, like I had the best job that I knew of from anybody that, that came out of college. And, uh, and I already even had accepted and I already had the job before I even graduated technically. So by the time that I graduated, I never even went home anymore. I just came straight to Louisville. And they paid for me to move. They gave me a company car. They were paying me to travel. There, there was all sorts of stuff that I was, I was getting. So that was a pretty significant um, factor in my, in my life, in the self-seeking and accomplishing all my own ambitions and all that kind of stuff. And you got to be feeling pretty good about
1: things. Absolutely. And then, uh, and then enters uh, another lady,
2: uh, your wife. Yeah, so at the time, I I I was living, obviously, uh, a very selfish (laughs) lifestyle, but I was also teaching martial arts, and uh, within that, when I would go out occasionally uh, with friends and stuff, uh, that's where I ended up meeting this girl, girl, uh, who ended up being my wife, Um, but (laughs) seeking the lust, the flesh, we uh, obviously went down the wrong path. She ended up being pregnant. She was a young single mother, uh, already had a son, and uh, uh, we... I wanted to try to do the right thing i wanted to be a good guy or whatever so we pursued the marriage and we got married um so from that we continued uh oh she actually one of the big important factors from that is that while we were still dating she had invited me to go to to church uh specifically the southeast christian church which was a very large church and uh I was really shocked when she asked me. I was actually almost kind of offended because I didn't understand why in the world she invited me to go to church when I had absolutely no interest in it. Hey, I'm I'm successful. I'm a good guy. I'm you know
1: why do I need to be a part of this? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I I, I felt um I felt bad because I was kind of harsh when I responded when she invited me, and uh, uh, from that I guess I I, I apologized to her and I told her that I would out of consideration to her uh, and respect I would go with her. But I cautioned her and I told her, don't expect me to buy into it. <laughs> you know, so I'm not like going to hang out there. But um, it was a big church, but it wasn't big just because it was big. It had really powerful messages and it was incredibly professional, which was one of the things that I was seeking in my life anyways, regardless of God, technically. <laughs> to me, it was good life lessons that I thought. I, mean, I remember specifically asking her one time, I'm like, man, you can come here every single weekend and get a new message and everything, and it's free. <laughs> and I was like, I was really blown away by that. So yeah, so this,
0: this was a personal development success yeah. seminar every Sunday in your mind, because yeah. that's the
1: lens you looked at the world through. You, yes. you, you didn't know that Jesus had shed his precious blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't free. It was uh, it was very yeah. costly. Yeah. But for you, you were you were learning a lot of really good life lessons and how to be a better man and how to yeah grow grow spiritually even though you were really being success driven
2: yep yeah so uh, we just continued going and within that time frame we had our first son and uh well graduate we ended up having another daughter as well and uh we kept going to church so over time (laughs) i was basically just listening i mean i didn't really see anything wrong in me going there i wasn't totally bought into it but i absolutely was benefiting from being there um fast forward now because um just because uh, well your
1: your son that you adopted um talk to that just real
2: quickly yeah so i mean first of all i used to teach martial arts and i used to teach martial arts to a bunch of little kids so i already had like a a desire to want to teach others anyways uh, especially kids so when 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 everything came about the way that it did and she had her son, he was two years old and I hung out with him and I, I mean, it was really cool. It was really cool having a little person looking up to you you know, and wanting to be like you. So uh, that obviously was leading me down a path of, of wanting to be a better leader. Um, and yeah, as, as he was growing up, I never really paid attention to the fact that as we were going to church to learn, he was also going to his youth service and learning as well. So one of the, the sh- shocking moments, I guess, is that when he when he was eight years old and asked me if he could be baptized, that really hit me. Like, like why, why is it that he's seeking? I mean, he's eight years old, and he's wanting to be baptized, you know? And I'm like, what does he know about baptism? So I started asking him questions. And <laughs> as I was asking him questions, he seemed like he understood what he was doing. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, I can't believe that him at eight years old is seeking this, type of uh, I don't know a, a guidance in his life spiritual commitment but but I didn't I didn't bring it to him so I felt like a bad dad I mean I really at that point thought man why why didn't I lead him to such a big event and again just through speaking with other Christian men and everything I decided that I wanted to be baptized as well if he was going to be baptized I wanted to baptize him and so I I I got baptized on his birthday and turned right around the same time. And baptize him as well. And when you did that, I mean, everything everything was perfect and marvelous from here on out, right? <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a good point in my life. And absolutely.
1: I, I mean, it's it's. I mean, you went from darkness to light. Uh, we, we prayed uh, uh, and talked about earlier. You know, when when a person is not born again. The Bible says they're dead in their sins and transgressions. And it's it's
2: only through Christ that we have life. But go go on. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I absolutely, um, I guess I felt great about it. But at the same time, we had already had issues within our marriage. And there were, you know, obviously faults of mine as well as hers. And uh, uh, we started having troubles with it. So I started pursuing uh, the church. And I started going through marriage counseling. And I wanted to try to get her to attend, and it just never happened. So, uh, at that point, um, yeah, obviously things weren't all perfect after that.
1: Um, that's when entered. Uh, well, you, you eventually get, you got a divorce.
2: Yes. And um, how heartbreaking was that? That was very, very devastating. And and I, I'm not okay. So yeah, definitely there's love involved, but from from a from a selfish perspective, it was a failure of mine. So I, I did feel like it was a, a bottom moment for me because I felt like, man, how in the world did I let this happen? You know, How did I allow this to actually get to this point?
0: So you were seeking success, but then all of a sudden your marriage fails, which is one of the ultimate failures. If you say, okay, I want to be successful. Boy, that's, that was a big hit. So I'm noticing a change, right? That you were walking away from the church, but getting successful by the world. But now all of a sudden, you're getting successful in God's eyes, but now you're starting to falter in the areas where you always measured success, right? So we're going to take a break, come back, and hear more about, well, what happens there when those intersections cross and, and you start going in a different direction. We'll hear more about that here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors of our show, Louisville Podcast Studios. We're taping right now in Louisville Podcast Studios, and that's Pod Lou dot com, com If you want to do a podcast, if you want to do a book review, if you want to do any kind of series that is audible, they are the best in the Louisville, Kentuckiana area. They are massively uh, a great value for what you have to pay for it. Trust me. So before you go buy a bunch of equipment you don't know how to use, come here and let them put it together for you. Podloo.com. Bright Star Home Care, if you know anybody who's needing in home care. We got some people in our life who we know who's going to need some in-home care. We've already made that decision, made the phone call. They've got people who need to come in and help someone who lives either day-to-day, every day, or just once a week, and you need somebody who needs to live in their home, but they need help, Brightstar Home Care can help you. That's brightstarcare.com. And then Dan Hart Financial. If you want to retire one day, want to talk about retirement, want to see how much money you have, see how much money you don't have, Dan Hart can take care of you in regards to looking at your financial portfolio and talk
1: about a retirement. So, guess, uh, you know, you, you get married, you're having struggles, uh, life is moving on, and you get connected to Barry. And so, Barry, uh, you became his mentor. I became his mentor. That's correct. How how was that going?
3: Well, I met Gus in in 2006. Uh, Did not know Gus before that. He contacted the church, uh, expressed to the church that he needed a mentor. He was going through uh, some great difficulty in his life. So we met for the first time, and he uh, was incredibly broken broken to the point where um, as we began this mentoring connection, this mentoring relationship over a season of his life that probably went at least formally at least six months meeting weekly, um, there were a number of sessions where Gus was uh, that would break down crying. I mean, this, this divorce leveled him in his life. So as Gus has already described earlier, he's a man who's already gotten used to some level of success in his life, and this divorce is just the opposite of, of anything that he's ever wanted. Um, and, but he is not just leveled and not just emotional, but he's willing uh, to listen. He's, he's teachable. And so as we meet, I am getting to know him very well as he's laying out his life uh, uh, today to us. I'm getting to know him over a longer period of time. I'm walking with him through this very difficult season of his life. I'm sharing my life with him as well. Uh, I was, uh, through my own experiences, very familiar with divorce. I had also come alongside of a lot of other people before I ever knew him, knew how to come alongside of of people who were broken, and uh, showed him a lot of compassion, mercy, but the focus of this mentoring connection was on him. It wasn't on, let's see if we can restore this marriage. It was on how can we get this man from where he is to the next spiritual level? How can we get this man to a place of stability? How can we get him to the place where um, as he moves on in his life, he becomes a better Christian man, he becomes a be- a Christian, a better Christian husband to the next woman down the road, uh, because I knew early on that reconciliation was not possible with the woman that he was going through the divorce with, and I knew that he was not connected at that time. So I pushed him toward um, investment. Got to be, you got uh, to
1: be connected to the body.
3: Got to be connected to the body. Pushed him toward that, and he again embraced all of. He embraced, the, embraced the spiritual growth. He embraced connection in the church. Um, I was starting to see him often outside of our mentoring sessions, uh, just in various group settings uh, in the church, where he obviously um, began a, a significant turnaround in his life.
1: And then, you know, you're, you're moving forward, and then you meet another lady. And, um, and what happened?
2: <laughs> okay, well uh I was uh, well first of all the whole the whole Bible study type situation that we were getting connected through, yeah um, w- was was definitely a path that I was wanting to seek because I wanted to, I wanted to look at other successful people in the church and try to connect and try to go down the path that I needed to be on. so I, I was trying to follow the obedience side of things. And uh I knew that in order to be successful you have to be coachable and I was trying to to do that. So I was very thankful for Barry to to be to be there with me and encourage me to go through different things. And uh yeah, at, at that particular during I guess during all of that, I ended up uh coaching soccer at Southeast because I wanted to find a way to connect with my children. And uh everything that I was doing was pretty much focused on on leaning towards the church. I mean, I wanted to try to be in the right environment at the right time. To the point where, you know, when when I when you asked me how that was, how the the sadness of the divorce, um, uh, the most difficult moments that I had for sure was when I, the weekends that I didn't have my kids and I was at home by myself, and I just felt empty. So I would go to Southeast and I would work during those weekends, or I would read the Bible or whatever. I would stay there pretty much the entire weekend um and i was looking for ways to stay connected so and bring my kids into it so i started coaching at southeast at soccer and that's actually where i ended up meeting my wife now uh kelly and um it was because uh as as i was coaching my the oldest children um my youngest children were sitting off on the sideline and she was obviously there as a mother and i was coaching her daughters And uh, she would kind of hang out with my children (laughs) while I was coaching. So I didn't ever, never really realize what was going on with that because I was busy coaching. So over time, though, I started realizing that she was a very, I don't know, very selfless type person. And she interacted with children really well and all that. And just over time, we started, uh, she was in the church and she was also going through a difficult divorce. And um, there were just a lot of things that were connecting us. And in, in, we would stay later, and, and I would I would hang out with my kids and play after the coaching was over. And then her kids started seeing that, so they started wanting to hang out as well. And then gradually we started going out and having ice cream, and uh, we just started getting to know each other better. She was going to some Bible studies, so I go, went to some of her Bible studies. I was going through a discipleship program. Uh, and at that point, I was pursuing that as well, so sometimes she would help me do my homework for this discipleship class and uh it was just a really cool situation it was just uh it was just growing more and more over time you but you didn't get married right away no <laughs> there were a lot of complications within both of our lives, i guess at that point where uh we um i guess found ways to justify not being married um and uh Uh, they were complicated because she actually wasn't able to finalize her divorce for still a few years after that. Um, And uh, so obviously since we were already kind of interacting, we ended up getting her pregnant. And uh, at that point we moved in together and we started living our lives as best as we could. We um, started kind of separating ourselves from the church just to not mock the church. Um,
1: Isn't it ironic that um we we said in the break you know how you how hypocrisy that was a stumbling block for you early on when you were younger and now you were in the middle of you know in, in a sense you were living a hypocritical life yeah and um that how that your example was probably hurting others your thoughts
2: yeah actually uh that that was part of I think what the, the like a deeper conviction that I had inside. I mean, I didn't have a, a solution exactly for it because we we not just had one child but we had two and um so it was it was a very complicated idea in my mind to break that apart somehow while everything results itself uh, in order for us to live the right way. So I guess me trying to justify. The complications in my life um, allowed me to continue doing what I was doing. But
0: so I got a question: Were people speaking into your life? And Barry, were you in the picture at that time?
3: I was not in the picture at that time. Okay.
0: And w- w- was anybody coming to you and saying, "Hey, we love you, but come on, you're you're doing this, but believe in this"?
2: You know, honestly, that that is another um, another detriment to my life. And I've talked to Barry about this since then, but. I, I, I tend to have, um, I don't know, an, an assurance of myself where a lot of people don't seem to come to me to try to correct me. Like I, I tend to, even when I speak, I tend to justify what I'm doing and it makes sense and it makes sense to them. And it's like, I don't know, people don't tend to really come to me and like want to tell me. Did you have
0: close friends at that time?
2: <sighs> um, no, I guess I'd have to say, uh, Probably my closest friend would have been my brother, yeah. but he's not, he was not a Christian. So right. so um, the,
0: the closest people weren't there, weren't speaking into you going, right. hey brother, we need to have coffee and sit down and talk, right? You the, didn't the, hear right. that, right? There's
1: some hypocrisy going on here, and um, but God's not done.
0: So we're going to take a break, come back in a fourth and final segment on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks to our great sponsors. Uh, like Hadley Sign Solutions, our good friend, Chris Hadley, 35 years experience in designing signs. I didn't know he was that old and uh, he's been in the business that long. But if you need a commercial grade sign, an exterior sign, you need to go to HadleySignSolutions.com. That's H-A-D-L-E-Y Sign Solutions, com. If you need anything on your business for a new business, uh, sign service, or just looking to update an old sign, Hadley Signs Solutions can take care of you. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Eric Veal and his crew will take care of your teeth and your smile, you got two locations in the Louisville area. And then Veritech Generators, if you need a generator for your business or home, or you already have one that needs servicing, Veritech Generators will take care of you. So
1: um, Gus, you, you start living with your wife, but she's not your wife yet. You've got kids um, from your previous marriage. She's got kids from her previous marriage. Talking about a blended family. And then you started having kids of your own, but you weren't married yet. And the Lord really convicted you. When I, when I listened to your story when we met earlier, I mean,
2: the Lord convicted you. Like, how did he do that? There was There was a lot having to do with my acceptance, I guess, of really who God was and whether he was real to me. And uh through some just through some insight at the church and just I guess a revelation or whatever, I I actually science kind of led me to God and and believing that God was real and me accepting that I could hear from God directly, like I could actually ask and receive. If I would seek him, I would receive back. Um one evening I was going on a walk and I was taking my dog for a walk and I noticed that the the moon was really really bright and it it wasn't anything unusual but to me it it caught my attention and because i was already believing that god could communicate to us um i i i had to accept that why why did i have that thought in my mind all of a sudden about the brightness of the moon so as i was walking i started noticing the shadows were very very defined very crisp and almost to the point where you could like touch them because they were so clear, you know? So as I started realizing that this darkness was there, uh, I started wondering, okay, well, God, what are you trying to talk to me about? What are you trying to tell me? What am I supposed, what am I receiving from this? And as I was I was actually talking to God as I was walking, and um, I was getting ready to go into a, like a forested area, like a kind of a tree area in the road. So I always carried a flashlight with me and uh, just so I wouldn't get hit by cars. And I, I turned on the flashlight just to make sure it was working. And when I turned it on, I noticed that the shadows immediately disappeared. And I thought, huh, well, that's pretty curious. You know, it's like those shadows were so bright, so defined. But then all of a sudden I turned the light on and they're gone. So I thought, wow, like the, why is all this stuff standing out to me? And I kept like talking to God and I kept thinking about this. this was roughly a 30-minute walk that I took. And as I was as I was talking to God, I started getting these thoughts, this revelation that, that the God of the, the, light of God is always on us no matter what. You know, I mean, God's light always shines, but we, our own flesh creates these shadows in our life and that's the darkness in our life. So I didn't quite understand what the flashlight was. So again, through that 30 minute period, um, I started thinking, well, if I don't have that light to cover, to illuminate my darkness, then there has to be an external source. So what would that external source be? And then I thought, well, that's other Christian men, other Christian people that are leading you back to the light and shining light on your darkness in your life. And that revelation was, was really something that, that clicked all of a sudden. And I thought, you know, here we are, we've been living in sin, basically, you know, trying to be godly, supposedly. And, um, but yet we're not even connected in any way to try to get this darkness out of our lives. You're talking to your kids about Christianity, and yet you are not living the life of, of Christ. Right. So then as soon as I got home, I, I talked to my fiance at this point, um, and I told her, I'm like, you know, we have got to get married. We are the ones that are creating this darkness in our life. I mean, we are we're not allowing anybody else to shine lights on us or anything like that. Because we're living in our own darkness, I'm like, so we have to we have to get reconnected. In order to do that, we have to get married, or else we can't get in that. We can't get right with God. So we had, you know, some some strife about it just because of the complications of the situation or whatever. But uh, throughout the next week, she was talking to her mom, and they kind of started coordinating things, and we just quickly went ahead and got married, like within the next month. So. Um, And then from that, like the the month right we got married in October and the month right after that I ran into Dwayne Wilson and uh and he brought back Barry in my life. So he told me that he had a he had a another Bible study and uh, he invited me to go and I thought I'm absolutely gonna be there. So And 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 so Barry, that you kinda you
3: you entered back in the picture again. I come back in the picture ten years later. I had not seen Gus in ten years. And so when he walked into my classroom, uh, I was thrilled to see him. And after hearing his story um, of where he'd been, where he was uh, at that time in 2019, um, I was so happy to have him back uh, with us. And um, don't mean to jump ahead here, but um, he showed a renewed commitment To connection that I had not seen obviously had not seen him but um, a sense of connection that was more committed than even he had displayed the many years before when we had that mentoring connection Uh, and he took it to another level Uh, he uh, got accountability in his life formally uh, that he had not had before
1: We, we, we get off track really quickly when we don't have other godly men in our lives and uh and so gus i when i hear your story it, it, this is what i hear i hear a god of redemption it, god takes all our brokenness all our messes all our sin all our poor choices and because everyone in this room we can all raise our hands say we've you know we, we've all been there made poor choices we've Follow the path of sin, but God is a redeeming God and he comes after us. And I hear that the living God has just continued to come after you and pursue you like he does us. Chad, what do you what, when you hear that.
0: Well, there's a couple notes I took here. You were worldly success versus heavenly success and you were finding success in the world and you said, man, I'm gonna get on that path and go after it, right? And But what I think of is no matter where you are, no matter what language you speak, Gus speaks, I'm assuming you still speak Spanish, right? So uh, considering you're from Mexico (laughs) uh, (laughs) originally, so uh, that whatever language you speak, God speaks. If you're speaking the language of success, of pleasure, whatever it is, God will meet you right where you are and he'll speak your language and tell you the truth through that wherever you're going, right? And then I also think about the hypocrisy in the shadows, Mm. how when you, when you think about, when you're standing off in the shadows, you're not in the light, but you're close and you can see people in the shadows, but you can't really see them because they won't come out into the light. And you've been living, you were living in the shadows for most of your life. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, really, you were flirting with the light and you come out of the light. Come, <laughs> yes. out, come in, come out. And then finally, the big revelation was, I'm living in the dark. If you're in the shadows, you're in the dark. Even if you're close to the light, you're still in the dark. And I just kind of, see that circle with you and how it kind of came about
1: yeah I I I just I just want to thank you for sharing your story and I want to encourage you know you and and all of us to just continue to pursue the Lord Jesus Christ I mean he is the way the truth and life and he is uh he's the bread of life he's the word of life and we need him and uh, we got to wrap this baby up so uh Barry I'm going to ask you to close this out would you pray for us guys that we will be men who, like, like Gus, had the, his eyes opened and going, you know, like, I need Jesus, and i got to follow his pathway. Would you pray for us?
3: Heavenly Father, I thank you for this tremendous story of redemption, of reconciliation back to you, a man who has uh, taken this story of hypocrisy and has made a commitment to be in proper alignment with you in all areas of his life. I thank you for how you're using him in a significant, mighty way. I thank you also that you have given him a love for his wife like he's never known before. I thank you that he has a a solid home. I thank you that he's a, a Christian dad in a way that he's never been a Christian father before. And Lord, I just ask that you continue to pour your spirit out on each of the men here today that you will continue to pursue every one of us, continue to develop us into the men that you've called us to be. And when we, in those areas where we're not uh, in proper alignment, Lord, I know that you are relentless in your pursuit of wanting us to look like Christ, and I thank you for that. We need your active involvement in every one of our lives. I ask you to continue to lead us by your Spirit completely. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you,
1: Barry. Thank you, Gus.
0: Well, thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.